0: Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. (laughs) Big bank, small bank, I like to make money.
1: All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to (laughs) bet? And we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is the NFL Week 8 Betting Edition. On today's show, we will be breaking down our top six favorite spread bets in the Sunday six-pack, also giving you our favorite total pick of the week, teaser, money line, parlay, And a survivor pool pick. Of course, we'll start by breaking down Thursday night football. But before we get into that, just a reminder download the free Action Network app for real time odds, box scores, and the capability to track every bet that you make. Now let's get into our Thursday night football preview. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. Tonight's matchup features the 1-6 Washington Redskins going to Minnesota to face the 5-2 and two Vikings. Uh, the spread is 16.5, 61% of the bets, 63% of the money on Minnesota. Over-under currently sitting at 42, 65% of the tickets, 60% of the money on the over. Here to help me break down the game, as always, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my guy Stucky, who's bets you can follow in the Action Network app at stucky Two as well as mine, at Chris Raybon. What's good, stuff? Hey, what's going on, brother? The Chargers did me dirty last week, uh, so I'm excited to kind of get back here and, and, and retake my weed. but I don't know how excited uh, anyone is about this Washington-Minnesota game, so uh, any thoughts here a- a- as we go into what seems to be one of these ugly Thursday night affairs?
0: We'll get to our six-pack shortly. It's 21-21 through seven weeks. It's a hell of a contest so far, and the funny thing is my goal was to get, like, three points every week, and I figure I'd win, and that's what I've... I have gotten you you as well, and we're tied. So it should be a good finish. Yeah, and that swing on that fumble, man. The Chargers just ch- Chargered But yeah, this. My thoughts on the game are: there should be a World Series game. Um, <laughs> at least there's some NHL. There's some NBA now for you NBA peeps. It's one of those games where look, I always look for a reason to avoid Thursday night football, and I feel like I have it here. Um, you know, like, there, there just tends to be these ugly games where there's so much sloppiness and one team looks completely unprepared. And it's especially the case when there's just – it's a complete mismatch, which this is. Now, if I – if I know most of you out there are probably going to want to bet it or will bet it, um, even if you don't like a side or a total. If I had to bet it, I'd probably look at the under at 42. You have Adam Thielen is out for the Vikings – which it looks like. You know, without him, Irv Smith's going to get more involved with the Vikings as he did last week when Thielen went down. You know, a BC Johnson. But obviously they're not as dynamic on the outside. So I think it'll probably be an excuse or a reason for Zimmer and company to just run the ball a ton, which is what they want to do. And that's also what Callahan wants to do on the other side with the Redskins. You know, this is a weird game in that you have all these people returning to their old teams, Cousins playing the Skins, Keenum playing the Vikings, Peterson going back to Minnesota. Peterson has a, I think, spring ankle, but he's still going to play. Callahan has talked about, we need to run the ball. We need to run the ball. Old school coach. Peterson's carried the ball 43 times last two weeks. Now one of the games was in a monsoon, but I expect the skins to try and run the ball a ton, shorten the game. So I would look under. Now the Minnesota's probably, I will say this, maybe one of the most underrated teams in the NFL. And you know, they're always uh, the butt of all jokes. And I guess we should throw out there that Kirk Cousins hasn't done too well in prime time but Minnesota if you look at what they've done they're the only team in the top six in the NFL in yards per play on both offense and defense you know Cousins has been excellent over the past couple weeks I mean he's played the Giants the Eagles and the Lions uh you know not the Dolphins but not the hardest schedule in the world and if you look at their losses they probably should have won at Green Bay and I was on Green Bay that game and you know they lost 16-6 uh against the Bears in a game where just cousins looked awful. But other than that, they've looked pretty good every week. This team is definitely a contender in the NFC. Weird Thursday night-ish. If I had a bet, I'd look under.
1: Yeah, I actually already bet the under at 42. Uh, I think that line probably drop to about 41 by game time. It just doesn't make much sense for uh, the Vikings to, to try to pile it on here on a short week. I think they want to keep everybody healthy. And this is a matchup where they have the advantage, as you mentioned. If you look at Mike Zimmer, his defenses usually come prepared to these things, uh, no matter what, whether Cousins shows up or not. The under when the Vikings are at home uh, since Zimmer took over, 26 and 17, 60%. Ah, uh, hit rate. So I usually bang the under on, on most Vikings games. Uh, didn't work out last week. Matthew Stafford, uh, Marvin Jones connection kind of ruined that. But you know, at the end of the day, this is this is one where both of these teams want to run. I mean, the the Redskins played a nine nothing game. Granted, in in bad weather, but um, they also played a seventeen sixteen game versus Miami where. Um, you know, that went about a, a touchdown, a little over a touchdown under the total as well. So not much confidence that these teams are going to put up many points. If, if you're looking bet a better side, I mean, yeah, i I'd probably stay away here. You don't really want to take the Redskins uh, in this spot. But at the end of the day,
0: a ton of points for what could be a low yeah, scoring game.
1: Right. And that's that's what kind of leads you there. But then you look at, you know, favorites on home favorites on Thursday night football, you know, per hour per Bet Labs, And you could, you know, check that out at, uh, at, uh, at BetLabsports.com, you know, part of the Action Network. Home favorites on Thursday night football going back, you know, essentially the past two decades, 71-47 and four against the spread, sixty percent. The only thing is they haven't done as well this year, just one and four. But when you have a mismatch like this on a short week, the the better team tends to, to to show up. So it's a tough one for me. I probably would stay away and just stay with my under bet. So
0: you know, with Josh Norman out, which I think is addition by subtraction, and then you have Thielen out. You know, Dunbar, you know, probably get it done if he's matched up with Diggs and. It's just a depleted Vikings receiving core.
1: So it's not a game where I think they put up 40. As we do every week, let's conclude our Thursday Night Football breakdown with the coach's pep talk. This week's pep talk comes to us from General George S. Patton from the Oscar-winning 1970 film Patton. And we're dedicating it to the Washington Redskins because this is going to be an ugly one and about the only thing they can hope to do in this one is put up a fight and hope a couple of bounces. It's going to be tough. Hopefully the Redskins put up a fight. Americans traditionally love to fight. All real Americans love the sting of
0: battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion marble shooter, the fastest runner, big league ball players, the toughest boxers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Americans play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost and laughed because the very thought of losing is hateful to America.
1: And before we move on to the main event, let's hear from Action Network animal expert, Matthew Friedman. Thank you for that very special message, Matthew. All right, stuck. It's time for the main event. Let's get into it the Sunday Six Pack.
0: Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack.
1: All right, Stuck, as you mentioned at the top, uh, you pulled even with me. We're all tied up at 21 apiece, uh, which does mean we are both hitting 60% of our picks, which I think we'll both take at this point uh, in the season. It's been kind of a wild ride so far. I think some teams were not who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Let's get into, you know, our first pick. And for those unfamiliar, uh, we do three picks each every week. We can't, be on the same side but we can be on different sides of the same game our top pick gets two our others get one and then we also score our over under pick that will come up after this segment at a point each Uh, I'm going with my first pick with a team that I think is getting a little underrated maybe it's because they're coming off the bye maybe it's because everyone's so surprised about uh, how good the Niners have been and you know they pulled a shutout even though they didn't cover last week but I like the Carolina Panthers plus six Uh, you know I think this team is one of those teams that's you know, not maybe as surprisingly good as San Francisco, but just as solid, I think. You know, this is a team that they can stop the pass. uh, They can put up points. You know, you called it earlier in the year stuck. You know, Cam Newton and his injuries pretty much addition by subtraction because in a lot of ways, uh, you know, kind of designing that offense around him and then having to shift it on the fly when you couldn't really do what you expected him to do uh, on the ground. I think that was tough for this team. And, you know, the inaccurate passing just kind of compounded matters. But the bottom line is, North Turner has done an excellent job otherwise with that offense, with Kyle Allen. We've seen the San Francisco team now, as good as they are and as good as I think they are on on defense, um, they've had some trouble scoring at times. And and a lot of their wins have come when, you know, they've really held the other team down. And in this game, I don't think there's that big of a mismatch. I think Carolina, especially with the extra time to prepare, um, you know, they have weapons all around. Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, uh, Greg Olson, pretty good tight end as well. Um, and they play their guys. Like they, they, they're playing all their guys, you know, for all the snaps um, if they need to. So I, I like Carolina in this spot. I think six is a little bit too much. Uh, I, I would expect that to drop into that dead zone, that, you know, four and a half, five, probably by game time. And, you know, we tend to underrate uh, Ron Rivera and, and the Panthers in these spots. He is 24 and 14 against the spread uh, as a road underdog. And Kyle Shanahan mentioned it last week uh, with that failure to cover to the Redskins because they were favored by 10, only won by nine. Shanahan now 2-7 and seven against the spread as a favorite. So this is the time when I'm willing to go a little bit against the grain uh, with the Carolina Panthers here. I think they actually have a chance to uh, pull off the upset.
0: You know, this is one on the surface that I'm still digging. And I have a couple of my plays for the six-pack. But this is one of the ugliest NFL cards. There's still some injuries yeah. out there but that I've seen in a long time. There's usually one of these a year, one week where I'm like, this is horrendous. And when you went and picked first, and you picked Carolina, I was—and I didn't tell you this—but I was livid because that was one <laughs> of the that was one of the plays that uh. I do like. I felt like I had ownership on them. They—I think they're like four and zero oh for me in our contest so far this year. I've had them three times with Kyle Allen. They've won four straight. And you want to hear a crazy stat? Teams that have won four straight—and this isn't a small sample size—but it's pretty crazy. It doesn't happen often. Teams that have won four straight and then go on a bye, and then their next game's on the road—it's only happened nine times. Yeah, since 2003, those teams are 9-0 and against the spread. So good teams benefiting from that. And I think the Panthers will benefit from that. You know, they're getting Trey Turner back at guard. And one of their most underrated aspects of the Panthers team this year is their secondary. You know, they've given up a little bit on the ground. But, you know, with Bradbury, you know, and Dante Jackson, who will be back this week, their safeties are playing really well. They just don't give up anything down the field. Now, they're a little vulnerable in the run game, but they have, you know, they have great – linebackers as well, and, and Keekley and Thompson. Burns on the outside, they get a ton of pressure too. And the 49ers are still banked up on the offensive line. I know they've added Emmanuel Sanders. And don't forget about Cockrell too. we will play in the slot. He'll probably play on some play some on Kittle. He played well in Jackson's absence, but they don't really give up anything downfield. And I think Sanders is going to come and he's going to help the 49ers a lot, but he's coming in a couple days before this game. I mean, there's going to be some timing issues. And so I don't think that he's going to come in right away and crush it with Jimmy G and I've said this all along without use check and with their tackles out, their run game just isn't the same. Now I get it that last week was in a monsoon, but if you look at that Rams game, they had what 30 something carries for 40, 40 something carries for 99 yards. The run game is just not the same with use check. Neither is the blitz protection Carolina. I think top two or three, both these teams in adjusted rate. Burns, it looks like, will play. They can get pressure from all over. They'll bring pressure from the linebackers. I agree. Um, I think the 49ers are a legit team in the NFC, a legit contender from everything I've seen once, especially once they get healthy. Uh, but Carolina is also uh, a contender off of a bye. I think it's a little too high, so I agree with you there.
1: Yeah, um, and, 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 oh, and I just want one more thing. You know, we always I always talk about kind of passing – me in either direction when these, cause these things are close, especially by week eight, a lot of these lines are kind of adjusting um, in the right direction, but Carolina number two in the league, uh, just uh, 4.1 uh, adjusted net yards allowed per pass attempt. And that, you know, that is something where the, the 49ers have been inconsistent in the past game. And you mentioned it, you know, tackles banged up. If they have to throw, I still think that favors Carolina. So. yep. All right. So
0: for my first pick, I told you, this is an ugly week. You my, know, for my first pick, I'm going with Matt Moore and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going against my beloved Green Bay Packers, and it's for three main reasons, which I'll give. One, Andy Reid with extra time to prep. He's been excellent. It's Tim, Belichick, and Harbaugh. Mentioned that last week on the podcast. They're three of the best. You give him extra time to prepare, which he has here. They played on Thursday night. He's going to come up with this scheme, regardless of who his quarterback is. Matt Moore impressed me against Deborah. and he was coming into the year one of the top five backup in the NFL, and he's 20-10 and 10 against the spread, so he has overperformed expectations, even my expectations in the past. Kansas City's also getting healthier, which is what that long break does. It basically, what this comes down to is this line is just over and played. I played at five, I'll take it at four, whatever it's at right now. I basically have Kansas City as a couple points better than Green Bay with one of the home, best home fields in the NFL. I make this line four and a half-ish with healthy Mahomes, with a healthy team. I don't have Patrick Mahomes, when you factor in, you know, Reed with extra time here and the Green Bay injuries, I don't have the difference between Mahomes and Matt Moore as being 10 points different. I have it close to about a touchdown, you know, especially now that, you know, he played last week. It's not like this is a fluke thing. He's going to run with the ones for nine days. And also Mahomes, maybe Mahomes comes in. I don't think he is, but apparently he was practicing today. And then you know this this Packers team has been running really well, and I have they're my only future. I think they're legit in the at a wide open NFC. But you know you you look at that Vikings game, you look at even the Broncos game at home. You know there's been a couple games where they've gotten the bounce of the ball, they've gotten the break. So I think that that's contributing to you know they're a little overinflation in the market right now. And most importantly, I shit on this Chiefs defense all year, and there's still flaws. But last week, what they finally did, and Steve Spagnola, you know, after looking into the Chiefs, what I think was happening is they were saying, "Look, we have Mahomes. I don't care. We can give up yards. Yeah, let's not go to the big play. But he finally brought pressure, and he was blitzing from everywhere. Um, you know, in his four three zone blitzing scheme, and the Packers are going to run a lot of you know twelve personnel, and we'll be able to stay in that, and they're going to bring pressure. Playing Re- Reggie Ragland, they finally played. He was. He had a hell of a game. I don't know why he hasn't been playing. But Chris Jones will probably be back as well. Maybe Fuller, but he's going to bring pressure. I'm convinced of it. He knows that they have to compensate. You know, for not having Mahomes on the other side. Uh, so I love what I saw for the defense. I think Spagnuolo, who's known as a blitzing. Coach, the one thing that gives me pause is the last time that Spagnuolo faced Rodgers I think it was in the playoffs in 2017 and the Giants. You would probably know better than he lost like 43-17. But that's when Rodgers had really good receivers and his full complement, you know, a full, a full arsenal at his disposal. He has banged up receivers right now. I don't know who's going to play, who's out. But I love what I saw from Spagnuolo in that defense. But it's basically just read, extra time to prep. Chiefs are going to bring pressure. That defense finally has some confidence getting healthier overall, and the line is just overinflated. I think Green Bay should be a three-point favorite here, so I'll take the Chiefs plus four or five.
1: Yeah, I – Quick, how do, how do you feel about the uh, the money line? Because I got a, a crazy stat for you. When you're on the money line and you're an underdog, obviously your your chances of winning are implied to be less than fifty percent. Andy Reid in his career, when the Chiefs are uh, an underdog on the money line, is fourteen and fourteen. So essentially, he's been winning at a fifty percent clip when the Chiefs are supposed to be not the most likely team in the game to win. So how do you how do you feel about that? If it like moves to three and people are like, I don't know,
0: it would not shock me in the least if the Chiefs win this game, and people are just discounting the drop-off from Mahomes to more too much, but they're not accounting for how much Reed is worth with extra time to prepare. I always tell people, like, what is a bye worth? And I always say, well, it depends on the team, and it depends on the coach mainly. And when you give Reed, when you give Belichick, when you give, you know, Harbaugh, they've proven over time that after a bye week or with extra time to prepare, they're going to come up with a game plan um, that is successful on the field. So I think that's being discounted here. Yeah, I don't hate the money line
1: at all. All right. Uh, for my number two pick, I'm going to go, and yeah, you mentioned it. This is really just a not my favorite uh, week. But I'm going with the New York Jets here, plus six. Um, and this is just a play based on the fact that I think when you look at the Jaguars and, and, and some of the teams they've played, um, they've been able to, to run the ball. And I think the one thing with the Jets – it's kind of gone underrated. And I think this will happen for most of the year, especially with these AFC East teams. Well, not the Dolphins as much, but the Bills and the, and the Jets Is been when you play New England and then you, and you come off a game against New England, you look horrible. And then, and then the next week you probably get a little bit underrated, but the New York Jets are number six in run defense DVOA. Um, and, you know, yeah, they gave up the three touchdowns to Michelle, but that's because, you know, the Patriots had the ball all game and couldn't, the Jets offense really couldn't get going. But I think that when you're able to stop the run against Jacksonville, it's a lot more of an even game. Um, You know, the Jaguars aren't going to not, not necessarily going to be here blowing people out. I think six is is a few too, like a little too much uh, for this spread. Given these two teams, you know, the jets also have had the hardest schedule in the league. uh, If you look at DVOA. So all those things kind of combined, I just think this jets team is, you know, probably a little bit below average team. Whereas the Jaguars probably an average team that's played, you know, they played the Bengals and, and some teams. So, I think that when you look at it in totality, I think this should be another game that's more in that dead zone, like that that four to, to five and a half range. Um, So I'm happy to still take um the Jets as at plus six.
0: Yeah, I would no real feel there. I mean, if I had a side with either team, I'd probably agree with you and go with the Jets. I think this is a little inflated. Based, on I mean, they do have a short week. There's questions about Mosley again, um, but their defense was, you know, it wasn't terrible without them. And it's not like they've been playing – All year with him. But I think after that performance where Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts, right, um, exactly. You know, you're getting an extra point or two here with the Jags, who really haven't looked great the last couple weeks. I mean, they just got gifts from Cincy and kind of the Minshew magic is kind of wore off a little bit. All right, for my next couple picks, it's not going to be pretty. But, you know, I already mentioned I was going to go with Carolina. And there's a theme of my week here. I'm really fading teams that I think are overvalued because they've played nobody. And there's, you know, three or four teams in particular that jump out. So if you look at the 49ers, their strength of schedule is 282. Next worst in the NFC is over 400. I think it's the Cowboys. I mean, they have played nobody. That is by far, they're by far the easiest schedule in the NFC. And you know, if you look in the AFC, the same thing can be said for a couple of teams, and I'm gonna fade both of them this week. I'll start with the Bills. All right, the Bills are five and one. Here are the quarterbacks that they have beat. Mariota by seven, Fitzpatrick by ten, Darnold by one, Andy Dalton by four, Eli Manning by fourteen. Those teams have a six and twenty-seven record. They won those games by a total. Of 36 points, about a touchdown per game. Those five quarterbacks, though, they have three combined wins. Three out of those five <laughs> games. Two of them are now on the bench in Eli and Mariota. So, you know, I get that the Eagles are an absolute mess right now. And they have problems for days. And, you know, they're going to be starting potentially, you know, their defensive line depth, which is the strength of their team, is also in question now. They're probably going to be starting, you know, two guys they picked up off practice squads this week. I shouldn't say starting, but they're going to be getting playing time. Defensive line is still a strength, you know, with Graham and Cox and Barnett, and they're still going to be formidable against that Bills offensive line, which is one of the reasons I like this. I also don't trust in Josh Allen, who everyone wants to hate on Wentz, and he hasn't been great, and, you know, they do miss Deshaun Jackson, who may or may not play, didn't practice today, and they really miss his downfield threat. We've talked about this because it's the whole offense will open up once they have a deep threat. but Josh Allen, what has seven touchdowns and seven picks, but he's on a five and one team that's played absolutely nobody. You know, the bills are you know their strength of victory is one eighty two. one eighty two. their strength of schedule is three twenty five. I mean they've played I just showed you, they've played nobody at all. I'm not buying it. I think that you know the Eagles getting blown out the last two weeks they're not as bad as we saw. Everything went wrong in that Dallas game. There was fumbles early on, pe- key penalties at the wrong time. I think they had four turnovers. They're not as bad as they look, and the Bills are not a 5-1 team. They're 5-1, but just because they haven't played anybody. Josh Allen doesn't scare me downfield. Maybe Brown will hit a couple plays. You know, you know, I'm sure he'll have a couple plays in the passing, but this isn't a, an aerial attack that can fully exploit – the Eagles' secondary issues. Yes, the Eagles are playing their third straight game on the road, which might scare some people off. It doesn't happen often. Teams that are, have done that since 2003, 29 and 29 against the spread. So not really an issue. The Eagles did it two years ago went up to New York and, uh, and beat the Giants, I think, by seven. And just to harp home, I'm not a big trends guy, but to just to harp home my by, by low here, teams off two straight games of not covering and the last one, they didn't cover by at least 14 points. Those teams are 115 and 112 and 9, about 58% since 2003. As a dog, 101 and 65, close to 61%. So it's a good buy low opportunity on the Eagles, who I still rate better than the Bills. Wait for the three. You know, if the three doesn't pop, I'm taking, yeah, I think there's two and a half, which I'll take for the contest, but wait for the three as I'm doing, but I'm buying low on the Eagles. Keep in mind that it's, I think it'll be a low scoring game as well. Punting Eagles have a big punting advantage. I think they'll have an advantage in the special and field position all day. I'm buying low on the Eagles. They're not as bad as they've looked and you're getting inflation on a bills team. That's five and one for beating cupcakes.
1: And just real quick, uh, for the people out there that might not understand the, the strength of schedule metrics, when you say like you know two eighty two or something like that,
0: if your strength of schedule is you know two eighty two, that's the combined winning percentage of all of the teams that you face. So if your team, if you're, you know the teams that you face are ten and thirty out of forty games, they've won ten. They're you know your strength of schedule would be two fifty. You know they've ten divided by forty. You know, and the Bills are one of the lowest. The 49ers are one of the or the lowest in the nfc and i'll be fading the lowest in all of the nfl coming up next
1: yeah i i love sean mcdermott but i do agree i think this line is a little kooky i think it's you know the eagles coming off with a bad game in prime time you know road three straight people just don't really know what to think um with this team uh for my third pick and in- you know we you do you've been doing it to me so I'm gonna go back and do it to you which is take the opposite side of a team that I I know you want to take and it's going to be the New England Patriots minus 13 here listen I I get it they haven't played a good strength of schedule it's bottom five uh, according to DVOA but DVOA also adjusts for strength of schedule and the New England Patriots are still the best team uh, by DVOA in the National Football Week and the reason for that in the reason I'm comfortable betting on this team at such a big number, because I don't, it's pretty much the only team that I would bet at this kind of number is because there's certain times where, you know, everyone's using their power ratings and their models, and you have to be able to kind of adjust for these, these unprecedented kind of outlier situations here. And I think a lot of people are just going to say, Hey, the Patriots defense is going to regress or whatnot. And it sure might, but the bottom line is, We've never seen something like this, and I don't, I'm don't. i not comfortable betting against them, and I'm, I'm damn sure comfortable betting on them because they've all had one touchdown pass, 18 interceptions, five yards per pass attempt. Now they're facing Baker Mayfield, who, popping up on the injury report, you know, maybe he's been playing hurt, we don't know, but he leads the league in interceptions, and they've had their bye already, so... You know, I was really high on Mayfield earlier in, you know, coming into the year. I thought he would do really well with the weapons. I think Freddie Kitchens is in a little bit over his head. And, you know, there's, again, there's two things when I'm betting on a side that I look for. And it's, you know, what's the matchup in the pass game look like? Whether it's, you know, the quarterbacks, whether it's the defenses, whatever. How is that going to play out? And then what's the coaching matchup? And to me, New England has the advantage. In both. Um, strength of schedule, be damned. And if you look at it, Bill Belichick at home, per Bet Labs, when the Patriots are minus 17 or less, 17 point favorites or less, 90, 53, and 5 against the spread, 63%. Cover rate. Uh, Belichick versus teams that are below 500, 69, 40, and 1 against the spread, also 63%. So, not a number that I usually like to get behind, but uh, I feel good about the Patriots here. Baker Mayfield just makes too many mistakes. I'm going against you here. And just to harp on that point, yeah, the Patriots, everywhere you look, no matter what
0: metric you look at, they're going to be dominant. I mean, they're plus 14 turnover margin through seven games. Now, part of that is lucky. You know, they've yeah. had a couple block punts and turnovers. There's always going to be luck involved. And the plus 14, I think, is the highest through seven weeks since the 06 or 05 Bengals with Delta O'Neal, Um, that team that where Carson Palmer got hurt in the wildcard game versus the Steelers. Um, That's top twenty-five of all time, by the way. Through seven games, if I read a stat somewhere that said if they don't, if their defense didn't come on the field at all, I mean, excuse me, if their offense didn't come on the field at all, all year they'd be three, three and one. So they just didn't come on the field. Um, Insane. That's nuts. So, um, and the Browns are minus six in turnover margin, twentieth in the NFL. I expect both of those to regress. You know, look, the Browns, no matter what, the Patriots are going to have one of the best turnover margins. They always do. You can look back since two thousand one or he doesn't turn it over, and they scheme very well defensively and now have a very talented defense, they're going to lead the NFL in turnover margin. It's not going to be this great. And the reason is they played no quarterbacks. They have seven wins. Here are the seven quarterbacks that finish the games. Darnold, Falk, Daniel Jones with his entire team out on a short week. Colt McCoy, Ben Roethlisberger, there you go, It's a good one. Josh Rosen and Matt Barkley. Those quarterbacks that finish the game against the Patriots have a combined three wins. Seven quarterbacks, three wins. Overall, those teams are 12 and 32. They played nobody. They played nobody with weapons. I still have major question marks about this New England offense. They're getting away with it because they're causing so many turnovers. But you have all these, you know, they added some It'll help eventually, but it just came in on a short week. You know, they have all these moving pieces at receiver. Their tight end's in flux. They've lost a bunch of offensive linemen. Their fullback, their running game, you know, hasn't been as good as it's been in the past, you know, you still have Tom Brady. You're still going to score, but the, the offense is not an elite Patriots offense They're benefiting from the defense. The coaching I'll give you Freddie Kitchens versus Bill Belichick big as a mismatch as you can get. It is negated by the fact that new England is on a short week and Cleveland's coming off of a bye. So, you know, it's not like Bill Belichick has his full week to prepare for Mayfield. And what they, what the Patriots have been doing is cover zero blitzes. They're just saying, Hey, our three corners, who are playing at an elite level, granted they played no quarterbacks, you know, McCordy, Jones, Gilmore, and then Harmon and McCourty uh, at safety. They're co- McCourty and Harmon are coming up, and they're just covering on the outside, no safety help, and they're bringing tons of pressure. I actually think that Baker Mayfield can have a successful week against that defense. He needs to just not think and get rid of the fucking ball. That's what he's going to have to do this week. He's going to have to say, I have one-on-one coverage with Beckham on the outside. Hopefully, Kitchens decides to play Higgins. You know, and Landry in the slot. I, I got to get the ball out. I got to get the ball out quick. I got to let my receivers, who are by far the best group of receivers the Patriots have seen this year, and he's got to get the ball out. I also think that they can have some success running the ball with Chubb. And, you know, with all of these cover zero blitzes, if you just get to that second level with the speed that Chubb has, I think he's going to hit a couple big plays. The Brown special teams has also been better than the Patriots special teams this year. I just think this is too many points. Good situational spot for the Browns, desperation spot. After the bye, they lose. They fall to three games back in the division. The Patriots haven't played anybody. These turnovers and their defense, they can't possibly keep this up. Um, This is 85 Bears, 2,000 Ravens territory. And this defense is the best in the NFL. I've been saying it since week one, but it's not that good. This is the first quarterback in group of weapons that they've played I do think the Patriots will have some success in short passes and take advantage of the Browns' linebackers. Look, the
1: Patriots are going to score. I just think 13 is too many. Give me the Browns. Yeah, I mean, it's, we'll see how it goes. I, I think the Browns probably have a better shot. They need, they need to play good defense because, again, I just – Baker Mayfield, it's just been automatic mistakes. I mean, every game he's thrown a pick. Three games he's thrown multiple picks. If any team can confuse you and, and get you to kind of make a mistake, I think uh, it's the New England Patriots. So, Fair. um We'll see how that one goes. Those were our against-the-spread picks for this week's Sunday six-pack. And now, let's jump into our favorite over-under. Who you got this week? We talked about it. kind of an ugly slate, but that usually does favor some under. So, uh, where are you going?
0: Yeah, for this week, I'm not going to be scared off last week of going to, you know, I played the Bears, Saints, under, and there were six – you know, I think it was like 3 nothing late in the first – then there was there were 16 – the first 16 points of the game were as, as a result of special teams plays. There was a kick return for a touchdown, a punt block, a fumble. There was a field goal. And then the game just got out of hand. Then you have Trubisky actually driving his team down the field in garbage time against prevent defense. Oh, my God. Who cares? Who cares? But, you know, I don't think you're going to see – those same flukes this week, and if you do look, you could take my money. I think the total should be under forty, just like you saw the Bears and Saints total last week. But because of that Bears game, I think it's a little inflated here. It's moved up from forty to forty-one. Um, I like the under forty-one. I've always said this before: the Chargers are the slowest team in the NFL. They take absolutely forever to snap the ball. They're a complete snail. Rivers will wait until the play clocks down at one, and then it will snap the ball. I actually believe the Redskins are slower as of right now. In neutral seconds per play, and the Chargers are second. They're like thirty-three point four nine, and the Redskins are like thirty-four point seven one. So the, you you have that going for you. And then on the other side of the ball, the Bears' offense—they're slow too. They're bottom six or seven in the NFL. It's because Mr. Biscay can't think fast. Yeah, and he's. Sick. <laughs> And he stinks, and I'm saying it all year, and he's, no matter what you look at, he's absolutely terrible. Uh, and people were, people were making fun of him. They had 4.7 yards per attempt last week. It was at 3.3 until like a couple of late garbage drives.
1: Well, they can't way, run the ball either. they, yeah, they, they can't, can't run, run the ball. ball,
0: but you can run the ball a little bit against the Chargers, and from everything I read this week, right or wrong, I actually think it's right. I'm not one that says run the ball, run the ball, run the ball every play. But Thank the Bears know. might be better off <laughs> doing that with Mitch yeah. Trubisky, and especially against the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, they have some injuries in the secondary, but they're still better against the pass than the run. You also, I think that they could have some success throwing to their backs, some nice easy throws for Trubisky. The Chargers really struggle in that aspect as well. But I think all you heard was Nagy all week say, we need to run. I know we need to run. I mean, last week, I don't care how progressive you are, with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, if you run the ball five times with your backs – Five times. That's it in the entire game. And then you let Mitch Trubisky throw it 54 times. I know it's inflated because of the last couple drives, but it still was way out of whack. So after all the media pressure, right or wrong, I think Nagy's going to bend to it. And you're going to see a heavy dose of Montgomery. Now, look, one of the things that gives me confidence in this is that in the second half, and everything went wrong for the Bears that game, but in the second half, they went two tight ends, Montgomery in the backfield for the first play of the second half. And it was like, all right, we're going heavy run. And then Montgomery fumbled it. And then we never saw him again. And then, you know, then it got out of hand and it wasn't really a a game where you can run the ball. That showed that he's like, all right, I can't really trust Mitch Trubisky. He can't even make these simple RPO throws that are to wide open guys. I think they're going to have to run the ball. I think that their defense is going to show up. Their defense is still really good. But their offensive line struggles. Their run game is not going to be explosive. Mitch Trubisky is not going to be explosive. I think this is a just a really really ugly rock fight between two teams that a loss pretty much ends their season. Now you might say this Charger season is already over. Now the Bears I think it is because the Bears are in a division that is that has two elite teams and it's going to be tough for them if they drop to 3 and 4. But you might say with the Chargers well they're 2 and 5. Well, that doesn't mean that the Chargers The Chargers start 2 and 5 a lot or you know 2 and 5, 1 and 4 and then they all of a sudden, you know, get on a roll. But if they go to two and six, good night. and You can kiss them goodbye. Um, I can't really see either offense doing much. I like the under here.
1: Yeah, I think that's the right call. I mean, it's – the Bears, it's scary for them because we say – we can sit here and say they can run the ball. But I wrote, and I wrote about this in our, in our Action Network preview for this game. Like, don't be surprised if the Saints cover or even win the game again because the Bears just can't run the ball – because Not only because they haven't been giving uh, Montgomery attempts, but their offensive line, it's so bad. I mean, it, it came, I think they came into that game last in adjusted line yards. They only ran like three times, so now they're 29th. But their running back's averaging 3.0 yards a carry, barely over the Mendoza line. I mean, it's like this side of Cincinnati might be the worst O-line in the league. So I think that, that is the right call there.
0: I mean, they have a guy named Coward on their offensive line. How good can your offensive line <laughs> but, but I do think they're going to try to run it a ton which is even better. So there'll be a ton of punts in this game.
1: Yeah. And speaking of trying to run it a ton uh, for my under pick, uh, cause that's really what you're usually looking for in these um, overs tend to be a little bit inflated because the public tends to bet overs more and those lines go up half point point, whatever not, but um, going with the under 43 and a half in Denver Indy, uh, I think this is, these are two teams that do want to run the ball a lot. We saw Denver, um, they, they, you know, they became a seller at the deadline and, and shipped off Emmanuel Sanders. I think that just suggests that they're going to lean on Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay even more. And the Colts are happy to kind of do the same as long as they're, um, you know, in positive game script with Marlon Mack and, uh, you know, maybe they work in Wilkins. But I think this Colts defense is a little bit underrated. They've, they've had some struggles, but it looks like they're going to get Malik Cooker back. Um, and this is a, a well-schemed defense that, A little bit similar to Buffalo, not necessarily the scheme itself, but they don't like to let up plays down the field. So um, they'll usually have three defensive backs dropping all the way back, play some cover three, and uh, they won't give up big plays. I don't think the Broncos are in a position to to make many big plays. And on the other end, uh, you know, the Broncos – You know, they they have some deficiencies. We saw that come out against Matt Moore. um, But that was, you know, all in all, just I think a more talented supporting cast. I think the Colts are going to play a little bit different. Andy just doesn't run the ball for whatever reason. You know, even with Matt Moore in there last week, he didn't run the ball. You know, they were up, you know, by 20 points. And he's still out there. Matt Moore's throwing it around. I think this game script plays out totally different. Um, so I think the, the Colts have the edge here. And I think if, th- if the game goes the way they want it to, which I think it will at home, uh, I think this game goes under the total. But right now, um, for both of our picks, it seems like the money um, is in a direction that we're leaning. Uh, for the Chargers and Bears, 55% of the bets are on the over, but only 25, uh, 27% of the money is on the over. Um, and then in Denver Indy, uh, you know, 69% of the bets, but 89% of the money. Uh, is on the under. So some pretty big discrepancies there. Of course, you can check out those percentages in the Action Network app. And now it's time to move on to our weekly teaser segment.
0: Oh yeah, six point teasers.
1: For this segment, we do a standard 6.2 team teaser, which essentially means you get six extra points uh, for each of your picks. So if it's a favorite, um, they have to win by six fewer points. And if it's an underdog, they get to lose, but by six more, uh, and you you exchange that for a slightly reduced payout uh, at most sports books. So pretty popular kind of bets. Uh, we've been struggling these last couple of weeks. we got to get back on the right track. Uh, Stuck, who you got this week? All right. For my tease, I'm going, first I'm teasing the Bucks
0: up from two and a half to eight and a half. And I'm also teasing the Texans down from six and a half to a half point. I don't see how the Texans lose this game at home. Off a loss against the Raiders seems got to be exhausted by now just never at home. But more importantly, I said this last week at the Packers and I should have played the Packers because it doesn't matter if you can't pressure Aaron Rodgers and the Raiders get no pressure. They have no one who can get pressure at all. Like it's insane to me. They just there's nobody. And then they can't really cover on the back end. So, if you do that against Deshaun Watson at home with those receivers, you can't get pressure and you can't cover. I don't know. I mean, the Raiders are doing some good things against the run. They've been a lot better. Their offensive line is really underrated. You know, and they've been run blocking and pass blocking. Trent Brown, who was out last week, is a hell of a right tackle. You know, they have a a really solid center in Hudson, a incognito at guard. Uh, it's, a, it's a solid offensive line. And then obviously Jacobs, you know, who got a little banged up, um, you know, he, with him running behind that offensive line. But now Jacobs is. You know, he's not fully healthy. Trent Brown isn't fully healthy. Uh, so, you know, I just don't think that the Raiders can keep up with the Texans um, who just, you know, Watson's going to shred them. You can't get pressure and you can't cover. Good luck against Hopkins and Cootie and Stills and company. It's just, it's not going to work out. So give me them. And then on the, on the other side, Bucks, Titans, probably a lower scoring game. Bucks off a of buy, a much needed buy. What I really like about this matchup is in Todd Bowles' 3-4 with his personnel, they shut down the run, right? Yeah. And they're, they're only giving up 2.9 yards per carry. That leads the NFL. They also will get pressure. You really can't throw to your backs. But they're, they're vulnerable in the back end. I don't think Ryan Tannehill and these Titans receivers can take advantage of that. So, and again, I don't see this game being more than a touchdown either way. So, give me the Bucs, uh, who I think match up well with the Titans offense, obviously at the Winston factor, which is why I feel safe teasing it. So give me the Bucs plus eight and a half, and then the Texans minus a half at home. I don't see them losing at home to the Raiders here.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the stats that surprised me, NFL next-gen stats, Deshaun Watson is near, you know, the top of the league, in, well, essentially the bottom of the league in aggressiveness, which essentially means he's not throwing in the tight windows, which tells me that he's really seeing the field well, and if you can't pressure him, uh, he's going to find the open guy and make the right throw, so...
0: Um, or, or he'll be like, all right, I'm taking off here and running for this first down. Right. And it's not a good matchup for the Raiders' day.
1: It's not. Um, and, yeah, I'm going with the the Bucks too, um, as well. And, uh, and I'm going with the Eagles. So Bucks to 8-5, Eagles to, you know, seven and a half. I think you kind of hit most of the points. The Bucks run defense. That that just screws with what the Titans want to do. And, you know, you're getting to eight and a half. So uh, if Winston happens to throw a pick six or something like that, as long as he doesn't throw five or six of them, um, <laughs> which is always possible, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about it. I think the Bucks probably have a, a decent shot of winning that football game. Titans shouldn't have even won last week against the Chargers either. Uh, and then the Eagles, same thing. You already hit on it. Just as good as Buffalo has been and as bad as Philly has looked, um, you look up and Philly is actually still rated the better overall team in DVOA, which does ad- adjust, excuse me, for strength of schedule. And Dallas w- is a little better than I expected. I think they were a little healthier than I expected. Not trying to overreact too much um, to, to that last game. You know, it came on primetime. Everyone sees the Bills 5-1 and one record. A lot of respect for Sean McDermott, but season Philly up to 7.5 for a Buffalo team that tends to not win games big, which is why I think my only hit last week was betting on the Dolphins. So you know it was a weird week, uh, for me anyway. But, you know, this Buffalo team just not really built to win big. And in a game of teams that are a little more evenly matched than we think, I feel good with the Eagles at 7 hat. Now let's get into our underdog money line parlay.
0: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay.
1: All right. So this segment, we each pick an underdog on the Moneyline. Uh, we combine it into a parlay bet and we look at the odds and hopefully we hit. So Stuck, start us off. Who are you going with your underdog this week? Yeah, I think we're four and three on the air, which is... Damn good. But, it's like Andy uh, Reid.
0: Yeah, well, for, for <laughs> Moneyline par, parlays, too, it's really good. But let's get back – on we haven't hit the last couple weeks, so yeah. trying to get back on track here. I don't really love anything, you know, so I decided to go with old, reliable, and fade Mitch Trubisky in the desperation game. That's it. That's my reasoning.
1: It's probably the right play. I mean, the Chargers have just Chargered, as you mentioned, three weeks in a row. Uh, Phillip Rivers, in these spots, tends to be overrated because his team always does that. And so – underrated, excuse me. So probably. A sharp call that I don't think many people will be on after. If if anyone bet on the Chargers over these last few weeks, it's just you're probably not on it. Uh, For me, I'm going with the the, the team I picked at the top in the six pack, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They're plus 210, so I I like the number there. I think, again, I think they have a pretty decent shot uh, of not only covering the spread, but winning this game. I think this game is a little bit more evenly matched than we think, and the 49ers are a little bit banged up. They haven't blowing teams out of the water these last couple weeks uh and and I think the Browns have just been screwing with a lot of people to be honest in terms of how we look at everyone else because really when everyone started to take note of of the 49ers then they blew out the Browns and then um you know they end up covering against the Rams who also weren't as good as we thought and um you know then they played the 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 kind of low scoring game against Washington so I think this is a spot where you might see San Fran lose for the first time plus 210 combined with the the Chargers at plus 180 that actually would pay out 768 dollars on a 100-hour bet. So 100 hours, uh, you'd get 868 back if this hits. So hopefully we get back on the right track uh, for this week. Uh, let's quickly jump into the best of the rest, which is all the games that didn't make it into any other segment. All right, so we'll start off with the Seattle Seahawks. And this line looks like it's off the board. Uh, still don't know about the health of Matt Ryan, but Seahawks three and a half point favorites in Atlanta, total of 54. Uh, the early bets, 83% were on the Seahawks. But again. Um, this may reopen at a different number. Stuck, anything here?
0: Yeah, it all, I mean, it all depends on Matt Ryan. And even if Matt Ryan does play, I don't want any interest in this game. I don't want any interest of the, on the Falcons. Um, this team looks like it has no life. They're sitting at one and six. Yeah, their offense will probably do some things each week, but their defense inspires no confidence. This is a complete pass for me this game.
1: Yeah, and I mentioned this last week, but I'm sure if the line reopens, it'll probably reopen um, because Matt Ryan is out and it will be uh, more in favor of Seattle. But something to keep in mind, Dan Quinn, when Atlanta is a three or more point underdog, he is five and nine all time, but he failed to cover his last eight.
0: And he is dicked.
1: You know, that kind of speaks to the issues going on there. Um, when they're you most, Sometimes you talk about teams that they can't get up when, um, you know, they kind of play down a competition. When Atlanta hits like the opposite, it's like, oh, we're an underdog. Uh, you know, and they just don't show up to these games. And so it's um it's kinda of rough for them right now. Cincinnati against the Rams in London, Rams thirteen point favorite, seventy seven percent of the bets, ninety six percent of the money on the Rams, total at forty nine, with sixty nine percent of the bets on the over, but uh sixty four percent of the money on the under. So that's a sharp versus square uh disagreement. Uh what are your thoughts on this one, Stuck?
0: Look, I still think the Rams have their flaws, but I mean you want to talk about a flawed team that's it's the Bengals. I mean, you saw what they did against the Jags. Oh, and six last week. And they have so many injuries. And their secondary, their offensive line is miserable. I'm not laying team with the Rams here in London, but I sure as hell am not backing Cincinnati. Total pass.
1: Yeah, and I think the reason that a lot of people are on the – or at least some of the big money is on the over is Zach Taylor will play fast. That's one thing the Bengals have done. So it's interesting because I think both, like they both know how to play offense. So it's just the, the Bengals' O-line has been so bad that I don't know if he can bet on an over um, with this team right now. What do you think about the Saints? Uh, Arizona Cardinals going to New Orleans. Drew Brees questionable to play. Seems like he's leaning towards playing 62%. Uh, of the bets, 58% of the money on New Orleans as a 10.5 point favorite. The total at 49 with 56% of the bets, but 66% of the money on the under in that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to who's going to play for New Orleans. Um, look, I can't. New Orleans has taken all my money this year because and I've almost adjusted Teddy Bridgewater to like a point within Drew Brees. I don't know. He's 28 uh, 7 against the spread. He's yeah. 5 like, know this year. 5 and 0. As of right now, I'd have the Saints. A one point difference if Breeze plays. I don't. I don't. I don't even trust my numbers, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I have this line around ten. Like I have it at like ten and a half if Breeze plays. Nine and a half if Bridgewater plays. So I'm not betting it either way. The Saints have owned my soul this year. But uh, yeah, apparently. Teddy Bridgewater, just I, everything I've
1: seen this year, almost close to Drew Brees, it makes no sense. I've t- I, yeah, I, like, I, honestly, I took a page out of your book last week. I'm sitting here looking, and, I th- and I'm and i like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky, no offensive line, ended up going with the Saints. Um, That paid off. I don't know how Teddy Bridgewater it does not lose against the spread, but it seems to be a thing. We'll see it what happens It seems so there. easy to cover just- the Saints, especially without <laughs> Kamara. Like, you just double – Thomas And then oh, you, no, you can't. He goes in the like, slot. I th- it's like he goes in the slot. It's just harder to double guys in the slot with the two-way go. Like, you can you can do things zone-wise, like bracket and do all these vice, you know, double, triple vice But in reality, if he wants to run, like, a five-yard route in the slot, you're not really doubling him. You know what I mean? His 16-game pace with Bridgewater is 136 <laughs> catches. The Saints, they've lost, what, now four times since the start of last year. One of them was in Week 17, and one of them was on a blown call. Like, Sean Payton is turning into, like, the poor – like, this whole organization is just turning into, like, the poor man's Patriots. Their offensive line is really
0: good, Give them that. Yeah. Their defense is playing really well. Another aspect I can't ever figure out with them is their secondary, but their secondary is playing a lot more consistent this year. Like last year, one week they'd be great, the other next week they'd be eh.
1: And then their special teams are
0: really good, too. So yeah, give, And then their coaching, so give credit to the organization.
1: Yeah, a lot of points, though, so probably a stay away uh, for me. Uh, New York Giants going to Detroit, plus seven, 53% of the tickets on Detroit, but only 31% of the money. I'd probably wean the Giants here, I think. Uh, They're going to go a little bit kind of uh, under the radar. They haven't really had everyone healthy in a while, especially with Daniel Jones.
0: Let's hear it for
1: Danny Dimes. It's my city, I'm the king of New York. The Lions, you know, they've been better than I think their record is too, but... Um, if you look at teams that haven't been covering like the Giants, uh, a team that's 30 uh, percent or less against the spread versus a team that's been uh, better than 50 uh, percent or better against the spread like the Lions uh, from week six on when, when people start to kind of bet, you know, based on what happened the week before and how their bets turned out. Those teams that haven't been covering, a.k.a. the Giants, are 164, 104 and 9, 62 percent against the spread. Uh, Detroit, the questions about the run game. Giants, six hardest schedule. I, I'd wean Giants here um, if, if I had to make a pick.
0: I'd lean Giants as well. Uh, I also look at the over, over 49. I think without on Johnson, who hasn't been able to run the ball anyway, but the Lions can't really run the ball, but especially without on Johnson and against this Giants secondary, I think you're going to see a very heavy pass attack uh, for the Lions. And then the Giants, the other side of the ball, they have what looks like they'll have their full repertoire of offensive weapons, which they haven't had in a while, and this Lions defense, which I love, just isn't the same. I mean, they traded digs. They're banged up in the middle. Slay's now banged up. And then the Lions don't get any pressure at all. So I think Jones will have time, and uh, the Giants can score too. So I, I think you see uh, a shootout of the dome there.
1: Yeah, it's one of those underrated games that probably could be profitable in some way if you, uh, if you dig deeper. So that does it for the best of the rest. And now it's time for our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. One pick. <coughs>
0: One chance to advance. Survivor.
1: All right, so uh, I am the only survivor in this pool. Uh, I think you went down with the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, I like, my oh, God. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I bet on them on the money line, so yeah, I feel your pain. But so far, I've used the Seahawks, Texans, Cowboys, Chargers, Eagles, Patriots, and the Bills. This week, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they're huge favorites. Thursday night short week tends to always favor the better team. so. Uh, feel good about the Vikings. You know, if you, if you couldn't use the Vikings, you already used them. Uh, who'd you go with, stuff? I go back to the matchup here.
0: I, I need to just start betting Texans games. I'm looking here. I think I'm nine and zero in Texans games this year. <laughs> you know, I, if you look at the t- – I haven't used them on this podcast until I was eliminated. Um, you know, they're at the Jags, but then they're at the Ravens. They're home against the Colts, and then the Patriots. You know, you could use them against at home against the Broncos late, but I, I know I, I would actually maybe go with the uh if you don't want to go with a real obvious pick I don't see how the Texans lose this game at home to the Raiders
1: yeah I mean it scares me a little just because the, the Raiders who do they beat the Bears although that looking in retrospect probably not as impressive and they they beat somebody else didn't they that that we didn't expect them to beat they beat the Broncos to start the year and then they beat they won at the Colts that's that's a solid win for them but yeah I, I mean I just don't no way. stopping Watson yeah. like even if they're up late like the Texans are going to score right yeah so i mean i think yeah minnesota if you have them use them here washington short week you know should just favors the the, the, the vikes but if you need another one i mean if there's always the patriots but uh, you know they're like you said there's you probably should have used them already and if you haven't you might want to save them with this another 16 point favorite on, on the on the uh, slate so that does it for another episode of the action network podcast you can follow stucky on twitter at stucky Two. follow me at Chris Raybon. And our handles are the same on the Action Network app. So follow us there to get live odds, in game win probabilities, and track all your bets for free. And we're out. Let's get this money. Go, Nats, go.